Welcome to season three of the Ferris Love Podcast, where we share spiritual and practical ideas for how to live family life with a beautiful, self-sacrificing love. In this episode, we're talking with the founders of Held in Hope, a nonprofit that creates and distributes miscarriage boxes to equip and support women through their pregnancy loss. So today we're talking with Amber Hassett and Kenzie Covarubias. Hopefully I said that last name close to correct. Yep. Perfect. Welcome, ladies. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. You bet. So tell us, let's just start from the very beginning. Tell us a little bit about Held in Hope and what it's all about. Sure. So um, Held in Hope, we founded it after the miscarriage of my seventh baby, um, whose name is Hope. Um, I found out back in June that we were expecting and we were super excited because we have six boys. Um, And then when I went to my 11 week appointment was told that she had no heartbeat. um, And then there was inevitable miscarriage, you know, going to happen. So at that point, I started talking to Kenzie and we just kept saying like, there's really nothing for women that are going through this process. Um, At least especially in the doctor's office. So, you know, you're, you're made aware that there's no heartbeat and they kind of just tell you, go home and wait. They don't tell you your options. They don't go over it. It's also a super sensitive subject. So like, I understand why it's, it's hard even for the doctor to talk about. Um, But we really wanted to give women the education and, you know, the practical things in order to go through that, that loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And Kenzie, I don't know if you want to add anything. Uh, Just being a support person through that. um, And when she brought it up that there's nothing and we should do something. uh, It was just, it seemed like something that we didn't even really need to discuss, like, should we, should we not? It was like, we need to do this. Um, it all came together really just organically from that experience. And then you knew because you were, she was living it at the time, what women need through that process. And then, yeah, we just got the ball rolling right away. Mm -hmm. I love it. So for somebody who perhaps has not experienced a miscarriage or has been very close to somebody who has, when you say there wasn't like there wasn't education, there wasn't resources, there wasn't really support. Like, what do you mean by that? Like what's missing um, from the doctor's office for these women? I mean, the thing is, is I had, I had had a lot of babies before that. Right. And so I know what the process is of having a baby and most women who are pregnant, we say, you don't really know what it's like to have a baby till you have one, but they know the process, right? You at least have an idea and a miscarriage is different. It's not, in some ways it's similar and in some ways it's different. So people really don't understand, um, in, unless you've lived it, Mm -hmm. it, it's really hard, um, to, to go, to walk into that, not knowing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so those options, what we, what we do is kind of we've got a packet that they get and we'll go through, like talk about the specific contents mm-hmm. of the box. But one of the things they get is a packet of information that says, you know, we're really sorry. And this is the box you never wanted to get, but here's your options for managing a miscarriage because yeah, you can wait at home, but you can also have surgery. You can take a drug. Um, and what do those look like? You know, what's going to happen because there's a lot of like fear in, I don't know what's going to happen. I've never done this before. Even if I've had a baby, I still don't know. Yeah. And I would add that this sounds like something that you would get from your doctor's office. Um, Mm -hmm. it sounds 
Like you would leave the doctor's office with all this information. Unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. Um, and a lot of women also come in through the ER uh, with signs of you know early miscarriage and the ER doesn't always equip them. Um, so relying on the doctor's offices to have these things, mm-hmm. it's been, they, they just don't always do that. Yeah. And then what happens is, is you end up resorting to Google, which right. I mean, everybody tells you don't ever Google a symptom because you will think you're dying. Right. So it's, it's the same. I mean, you don't want to Google what's going to happen because people really only talk about what happens if it goes really bad. Um, and those are scary situations. So we're trying to remove the fear. Um, and also just because, you know, the more, you know, the less fear there is. So we're trying to just really lay out the process of what's going to happen. And then also add those practical items that are needed. So sure. Makes sense. Um, so tell us what's in these boxes, what's in a held and hope box. If you receive it. Yeah. Um, so it starts with the folder and then Kenzie, do you want to talk about what's in that? folder? Yeah. So we have, we start off with a disclaimer, um, on one side, it does say none of this is medical advice. So contact your doctor, um, with questions. And then we include, um, uh, it's, it's a swaddled baby with a little halo on it. It's a print for mom because you're not left with anything at the end of a miscarriage. So this is something for her to keep and hold on to. And we worked with an artist to provide that in every single box with um, two different skin tone options. Um, that does say carried for a moment, love for a lifetime on the back. Uh, and then on the other side, that's the other side's more the information side. It's the letter that Amber wrote um, to the mom who's receiving the box. And then it goes into um, all the information. So it walks you through your options for management um, and just what each one of those looks like from a normal clinical perspective. So there's no bias there, nothing scary there. It just walks you through what each one looks like. Um, and then it also has information on burial, which we do explain that does vary by state, um, but it offers that information. And then it offers um, options for or information on chromosomal testing, because a lot of times when a woman miscarries, for whatever reason, they turn it back on themselves. They think I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this was me. It was because I went jogging that morning. It was, you know, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but the chromosomal testing can give the woman a lot of peace yeah. that, you know, it can give her an, a real concrete answer. No, this wasn't you. This was, you know, a, an abnormality that no one could have prevented or, um, you know, just to provide that. And then I feel like I'm missing one thing. Oh, the, there's a fetal development card. Yeah. So a lot of times too, in the doctor's office, cause this is hard to talk about. Um, the doctor won't actually tell the woman, depending on the gestational age that she may see a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that adds a whole nother level of trauma to the whole experience because it's surprising then. Um, so we, we include a card that's, lovely. I mean, it, it's well done. It's not too graphic, but it shows, uh, this, it tells you the size and the weight and also what the baby would look like so that you have an idea. And then in the rest of the box, we have a medical component. So the medical component is going to be things like a chucks pad, um, some pads for after, um, it does come with a spessy hat. A lot of people don't know what that is, but, um, it's a, 
it's basically something you put over a toilet that will catch whatever. <laughs> um, and that's so that, uh, you know, it's more comfortable. Uh, and it also makes it possible to catch the baby so that you're not, you know, losing the baby in the toilet. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's a lovely little heart bag. And inside that heart bag is the container to put the baby in and keep it in there for burial. Uh, we do include saline solution because uh, that's a preservative for baby. Um, and then um, there's some gloves and then also just a spoon because babies are really tiny and hard to pick up. So she's not looking for something in her own home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, any attachment. Also, we do include, um, there's instructions for the kit and it does walk you through step-by-step -step, um, how to use the kit, what each item is used for. So she, there's no questions there because it is designed to be taken home by the woman sealed. Uh, the doctor doesn't walk them through it. A nurse doesn't walk them through it. It is meant for the woman to open in her own space. Yeah. Um, sure. So everything is uh, broken down so she can, you know, understand it and use it all on her own. Yep. I love how you have kind of thought through each element of this, like each thing that a woman might go through and like even the spoon, right? Like she could get a spoon from her own kitchen, but that would, that could be much more difficult for a woman to be able to do and go and get one. And then what do you do with the spoon afterwards and all of that? So I, I love that you guys have created these boxes that really think through the whole process for these women. I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So we also include items yeah. for mom because <laughs> it's a lot of times women are not well cared for through a miscarriage. A lot of times because nobody knows right? They may not have even told uh, just a couple close family know about it. And then you're going through something so monumental in your life and you feel so alone. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the, the box and the items, I mean, we can't be there for them, but you know, we want to be that hand to hold. Um, we want that box to do that for them to know, like somebody took a lot of time and care into preparing this and that you're loved through it. Mm -hmm. um, and so those items for mom, we do cozy socks. Um, we've got candy and just some little chocolates yeah. and balm. Yep. And then um, we well, designed a journal. Yeah, we designed a journal. Um, okay. We have the larger one for purchase on our website um, with a little matching pen. And then we created a smaller version that goes in the box. And it's so lovely. And on the inside, there's some writing prompts that encourages her to write down any questions she has for her doctor. So mm -hmm. in the moment, write those down. So when you are able to talk to your physician, you have it. Um, she can document how she's feeling physically, how she's feeling emotionally, and just a place for her to just pour it all out, a designated place. You know, sure. this is your miscarriage grief journal. Mm -hmm. So there's one of those in every box as well. Great. I love it. Um, I think I saw mugs too, right? Somewhere. Do you have, are the yeah. mugs in the, in the boxes or are they a separate thing? They're separate. Okay. We started with mugs, but in each box, now that we are shipping them mm. um, with the medical items, we weren't sure how to make it so they wouldn't break in shipping. Okay. Um, so those are, uh, we do have mugs on the website for purchase. Wonderful. So how does someone get a hold of one of these boxes? Great question. Uh, so they're currently being distributed through uh, two emergency rooms that are local to us. So we're moving hospital by hospital, but really yes. the goal is that this would be the standard of care for miscarriage. Mm -hmm. um, 
so right now they're in a couple hospitals, they're in some OB clinics and they're in seven women's care centers. Okay. Um, and then we're just continuing to move. Now, if somebody is not local to us, um, we do have them avail available for shipping um, through the website. So anybody can purchase one and get it. Nice. And I saw too on your website, you also have the option for someone to donate a box. So if they want to just pay for a box to then be given to a woman in need or whatever, they can also do that. So maybe you don't know someone personally who's going through this right now, but you feel kind of compelled or, you know, you feel that kind of urge to be able to give in that way. You can do that through your website as well. Right. And we do have the option while they are for purchase on our website, which helps us cover the just some of the costs of the items inside and the shipping. If a woman's in a position where she can't pay for a box, it does say on there, reach out to us mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll figure all that out. We want, we want you to have a box, yeah. you know, on top of without worrying about the cost if you can't cover it. Sure. That makes sense. Especially for women who are in the midst of going through a miscarriage. Like, you know, absolutely. Yeah. the last thing you want is to then have to pull out a credit card and be like, okay, like I'm putting in my information to get this, to care for myself. Yeah. Um, so tell us like, what's been the response to these, to these packages that you've seen so far? Yeah. So the response has been beautiful from the doctors. Um, we, every hospital we've walked into, um, our own OB has just been like, thank you because we, well, originally when I brought it up, um, I said, what do you think of this idea? And he goes, that's great. It, it's way better than what we do now. And I was like, yeah, cause you guys do nothing. <laughs> like, so no offense, but you don't do anything. And so, he's wonderful. He we is the same doctor and yeah. we have a wonderful doctor. It's, there's just really nothing in place right now. Yeah. So the response has been great. Oh, it's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's truly telling when we bring this to them and they look relieved mm -hmm. and they'll say, thank you for providing something because they know that they don't provide anything. And a lot mm -hmm. of them, you know, we're talking to compassionate people. A lot of them have their own stories. Um, and they're like, uh, a few of them have said, this is the worst part of my job mm -hmm. is sending a woman home with this devastating news, mm -hmm. knowing she's not equipped, but not having anything to equip her with mm -hmm. besides, you know, their words. Um, which only goes so far because when you're in a state of trauma and that, um, news has landed on you, you know, your whole world, um, it yes. has changed in a moment. Uh, you don't remember mm -hmm. the word said to you. Um, yeah, that's a good point. That's the other thing. Cause it, it's important to have something to send home, mm -hmm. uh, because even if you have the best doctor and they go through all your options and they tell you all the things you're going to hear very little past, I'm sorry, but your baby has no heartbeat. Right. I mean, you're just not going to remember. So yeah. you're going to have to have something to come back to, mm -hmm. um, to kind of prepare yourself. Um, the other response that we've gotten is from the patients. Yes. So some patients have reached back out and mm -hmm. they were so grateful. I mean, the one girl admitted, she goes, I did not want that box. And I stared at it and I didn't want to open it. Um, but when she did, she said she was just so grateful mm -hmm. that she had it. Sure. Yeah. We do have a few testimonies on our website and our social media of women that received the box and then reached out and they were um, willing to share their story with us. That's yes. beautiful. So yeah. beautiful. Um, in your opinion, since you guys are kind of like deep in this world now, I would say, what is kind of the best way that we can support a woman in our life who may be going through a miscarriage, right? What can we do or how can we support them? I would say just acknowledging 
what she's going through. Um, she lost her baby um, and not to be afraid of treating that like anyone who's had a death in their family. Um, so just caring for her um, and just allowing her the space for whatever she needs. So um, dropping off a meal, dropping off. Um, I know when I had mine, my friend was like, I left a latte on your porch. Like she didn't even ask, like, do you need a latte? She's like, I left it for you. Um, and just the messages every day of like, um, I wish I could be there with you. Um, let me know if you want me to stop over. Um, so just acknowledge, I think just the acknowledgement of, um, and for each person, it might be a little bit different, but like, I'm here for you if you want to talk or if you don't, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, she's going through something terrible and just the acknowledgement of that. I think it's just the biggest thing instead of, I would say on the flip side, a lot of times people are like, I'm just going to give them space. They're hurting right now. Yeah. I don't want to reach out and bother them, mm -hmm. but really they're alone in their house, probably, you know, and feeling super and alone, feeling yeah. super alone. I think lonely is one of the biggest words we hear mm -hmm. um, with this. Sure. Yeah. I know personally, like Kenzie, just texting me every day and just being like, how are you? Like, I'm just checking in. And she at one point was like, I'm sorry if I'm being annoying. And I was like, no, you have no idea how much I appreciate you just sure. asking the question. Yeah. Um, my husband was also really great. He, I, I always tell him he just held the space. Like he just was there. He didn't talk. He didn't really say anything, but he just didn't move. Like he just mm. stayed there the whole time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and my, to be honest, my miscarriage was long. I mean, I found out and it was two weeks before it was all over. So oh, wow. the, the distance in that was long and he just, he held that space the whole time and I appreciated it. Um, there's also things not to say. Yeah. So any, any thing that starts with at least should not even be coming out of your mouth. Um, yeah. In regards to miscarriage or probably anything, um, you know, <laughs> at least you have children. It, yeah. not, not good. Or at least, you know, you can get pregnant. Yes. Or at least it happened early. Oh, just yeah. anything that starts with at least is diminishing what mm -hmm. she's feeling. She's feeling something huge and she is allowed to feel that mm -hmm. hugeness because what she just went through. And for someone to say, at least it's like saying you're feeling this too big and, yeah. and she, she's not feeling it too big. Yeah. Sure. Um, I love Amber, what you said about how your husband was helping you. I wonder if you have any other like little bits of advice for husbands who might be on, you know, like trying to support their wives through this and they're listening to this podcast or their yeah. wife is going to send them this podcast to listen to. <laughs> yeah, no, he was, he was so great through the whole thing. I mean, he, the biggest thing was really the holding the space and he just let me, he was like, you feel however you need to feel, um, and it was, it was great. I mean, it couldn't, it, he also told our kids, um, which I appreciated because I did not want to tell them um, because I was in a, I could not do it anyways. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So he did that. He also told everybody else uh, because mm -hmm. everybody knew we were really excited that we were going to have this baby girl after six boys. Mm -hmm. And so, and our boys were so excited. And so he handled the people, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Like he, he was like, I'll handle everything. He told all the people, um, he handled all the food. He handled everything basically mm -hmm. for a solid two weeks. <laughs> um, and it was great, but, but really just the being there, he was 
we were working on a, a thing in our backyard, a big retaining wall. And he was, he had been working every single day. He put everything away that day that I called him when I was on my way home. And he didn't even touch it till I was like, are you ever going to work on that again? He's like, <laughs> you okay if I go work on it, cause I was not going to touch it until you mentioned it, um, which was great. So he mm-hmm. was just, he was wonderful. That's, that's excellent. Yeah. Um, any other advice for things not to say beyond just don't say at least la la la, whatever. I think not following up with like, you should not follow up with someone and be like, so are you going to try again? Yeah. Are you pregnant yet? Okay. Are you whatever? Like, don't, don't, nobody should ask those questions to begin with. They're so personal. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's not anybody's place to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm blank right now, but we hear them a lot. Yeah, a lot. We hear the we hear questions, the but um, basically, if your gut is saying this is a really personal question, I want to ask. She'll she'll be fine if I just ask. If you're if you're justifying it to yourself, you probably shouldn't say it. Yeah, and oh well. In our case, I actually had somebody one time. We had all of our little boys. It was right at Christmas. Um, at a restaurant, we were eating breakfast and the waitress thought she would be funny and come up and say, are you going to try for a girl? Hmm. And all my boys looked at me and then one of them, God bless him, goes, we did and she died. And that waitress was like, I do not know what to say. And she just walked away. But like, I think don't even say things like that. You know, are you going to, or if somebody tells you they're pregnant, don't, and they have all of one gender, don't say, are you hoping for a girl? Like, yeah, it, we are excited. I mean, I think everybody's excited to have a baby, especially mm-hmm. if you really wanted that baby. Sure. And so those questions just aren't appropriate. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I think it's, it, it's partly putting yourself in the shoes of the other person that you're about to make this comment to and be like, could there be something here that I'm not seeing? that could be harmful, right? Like, so better to comment on your beautiful six boys than comment and say, are you going to have a girl soon? You know, like that kind of a thing, like thinking that through a little bit, because we don't, we don't know the stories and the history behind these people that we run into. And so kind of keeping that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if people want to get involved and kind of help out, um, with held and hope, can they do that? How can they do that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so right. funding is always important. Um, the, these boxes are free to the hospitals. Mm-hmm. So when we go and, and the hospital decides to partner with us, we are getting donations from the community that they're going to in order to cover the cost of those boxes. Mm-hmm. So donations are always greatly appreciated. Um, yes. Another thing is, is if, if you know someone who is an ER director or a um, OB manager mm-hmm. and want to contact us to get involved in that hospital, we would love it. Um, it's just Kenzie and I <laughs> going hospital by hospital. Yes. Uh, and so any help in that area is also greatly appreciated. Yeah, we've had so many kind people reach out and they want to volunteer to help pack boxes and all of that. And down the line, we are going to need that help. Right now, we're operating in such a small space. Sure. More people, I don't really know how we make that work. Um, but we are going to need volunteers down the line. Um, but right now, it's really connections 
mm -hmm. uh, with people they know in hospitals, doctors' offices, things like that, and then um, funding well, and really getting the word out because yes, if somebody needs a box, we want to get them a box, no matter what the circumstances are. You know, like monetarily, like Kenzie said earlier, we don't care about being paid for the box. Um, if someone can't do it, like we will get them a box, but people also need to know it's available. So right. we need to get that information out there. Sure. Yeah. Spreading the word. Um, where can they find you on social media or on the internet? Yes. Um, our Instagram, we are on Facebook, um, held in hope on Facebook. And then our Instagram handle is held dot in that hope. Um, and we're sharing on there just about every day. Um, and then also our website, heldinhope.org. Mm -hmm. um, and that gives also just a lot of background. Um, you can read all the contents of the box there. We have testimonies from the doctors. Um, we have testimonies from women that have received it. So it's just a lot of great information there yeah, as well. Um, okay, so before we wrap up, kind of one kind of bigger, maybe deeper question uh, that I'd love to get your take on. But what do you think is one of the things that's the most misunderstood by outsiders about this kind of tragic time in a woman's life, right? Like if so, if you've not experienced it or you haven't experienced it in a while, um, what do you think is really very misunderstood about this? So one of the biggest things is I think people mitigate it. Hmm. So they they think, well, it was a pregnancy. You never saw that baby. You never held that baby. And so this shouldn't be that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Like to, in their own, in their own head, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. um, and I had the, my pastor tell me, he's like, it's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Like you, you lost your daughter. And, and that is a huge deal. You lost 70 years of planning, you know, like you thought she was going to be here for the rest of your life and yeah. now she's not. So I think that's the biggest thing. And a lot of times people don't validate the life. Mm. So, and it's the same thing. Like, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like a lot of times, at least in the pro-life atmosphere or the Catholic atmosphere, we're really pro-life and we are against abortion but we miss mm -hmm. the that other group of women who really wanted their babies mm -hmm. and telling them like you know validating the life and saying what you had was really special and the reason you feel the way you do is because you were pregnant with a life and mm -hmm. so um I think it's a huge like just wall for people mm -hmm. like it's missed and I don't know if you want to add I would say um, along with that, I think that people maybe don't understand how long it can take because um, yeah, I didn't realize when Amber was going through it um, that it could last two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I think a lot of people don't know that um, sure. just how long um, because your life was on pause during mm -hmm. that. You had, oh, to, yeah. you, you had to stay home because um, she was experiencing physical things that kept her home and I think a lot of times um, women in the workplace, you know, sure. like, well, she missed Monday and Tuesday for her miscarriage. So she's back on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. She should be back, you mm -hmm. know, and fully present. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that's, uh, they expect it to physically take less time, sure. but also emotionally, like, again, we gave you two days. Are you back with us now? Mm -hmm. um, right. But of course it takes 
longer. Yeah. This conversation is making me wonder if, you know, even in the pro-life circles or in the Catholic church and things like that, where we, we do love life and we are very pro-life. If a little bit of that culture of like, don't want it, just get rid of it has seeped into a little bit the way that we talk about things and this sense of, you know, like, oh, well, whatever, at least, or, you know, mm-hmm. like two days and you should be back. Whereas like, if you lost your father or a child who was breathing outside of the womb, you would right. not be expected to be back two days later. Right. But like our culture has kind of shifted, not seeing the value of that child in the womb. And so therefore we're like, you know, like, and unintentionally, I think we can fall into that trap a little bit. Oh, for sure. And women do that to do it to themselves. Mm-hmm. So right. yes, yeah, they, they are like, oh, I shouldn't, shouldn't feel this way because of the culture around them. And it's, so the box and all of the written materials, like through the whole thing, we try to validate the life, like say it over and over again, like your baby, um, not to, to make them feel worse because sure. I don't think it is like, they're already going to feel terrible mm-hmm. about it. Um, but it's more giving them the validation of why they're feeling that way. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, which I feel is really important throughout the whole healing process to, to recognize why you feel the way you feel. Absolutely. Right. Um, this is making me think I need to have the two of you back so we can discuss more specifically for a woman who's going through this you know, what they can do, how they can cope, tools and techniques that you guys have, um, and that kind of thing. So we'll have to do another episode. Sounds great. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Amber and Kenzie, for joining us today. We really appreciate you and what you're doing with Health and Hope. I think it's amazing um, and so helpful for so many women today. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ferris Love Podcast. If you enjoyed it, there's a few quick things you can do to support us. Share this episode with a friend, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, or visit us at ferrisloveshrine.org.